Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, how is everyone doing tonight? How's it going on this Thursday? This Thursday, we're almost through another week. We're almost through a week. There's a lot going on. Oh boy, there's a lot going. A lot, a lot dropped today. A lot, a lot of a lot of news dropped today. A lot of news dropped. Um, we had a couple of uh, tantrums on the House floor. A couple of tantrums on the House floor because Elon Omar was removed from her uh, her committee. Did you see the tantrums that they? I wasn't going to start with this, but this is like just that, you know, it happened today and it was just, it's insane. The tantrums that Tlaib and uh, AOC, what was AOC doing on the house floor? She looked like she was doing some kind of a, uh, like a rage dance, some kind of like a savage rage dance. I mean, her, her, her entire body was moving, you know, she was, it was almost, it was almost, it almost looked racist to me. You know, it looked like it, it was, it was terrible. I mean, it was, it was violent. It was disgusting. You know, then, 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 uh, Talib puts on that ridiculous performance, crying and heaving. I mean, th- these are the people we have in Congress. These are the people we have in Congress. These, these children who take temper tantrums because one of their friends got uh, knocked off a committee. Is this fucking high school? Is this junior high school? She wasn't kicked out of Congress, Omar. She was removed from a committee because she's anti-Semitic. That's another thing. The left, like we talked about yesterday, they're so woke and offended by everything. The left are so woke and so offended by fucking everything. Yet when one of theirs is actually anti-Semitic, no, no, we can't talk about that. That's not, that's not an issue. That's not an issue. She said, she, she related Israel and Jews to money, right? She said the Benjamins is all about the Benjamins. And then she said something, this idiotic response, which was, oh, I didn't realize there was a thing with Jews and money and anti, what, what, is she, how dumb do you have to be? Is she just lying or is she just dumb? She didn't know there's this thing, this anti-Semitic thing where people called, where people relate money to Jews and Jews being either very rich or very, or misery. She didn't know that. She didn't know that. Okay, right. So anyway, she says this. Now, remember, if a Republican had said that, the Democrats would be totally up in arms, hair on fire, right? So woke, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism, anti-Semites, anti-Semites. But when one of their own does it, it's fine. When one of their own does it, it's fine. And the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, if she had any kind of heart or soul, which she doesn't, she should have kicked Omar off the committee back when it happened. But, but she didn't. So McCarthy took care of business. You know what I'm saying? Took care of business. Which is fine, but she was she was knocked off of one committee, one committee assignment, which, by the way, happens all the time when the opposing party takes over. Nancy Pelosi kicked a lot of Dem- Republicans off committees. Did they take to the floor and start doing this ridiculous, this 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 these ridiculous performances, this histrionics on the House floor? Because the people the Democrats have in office now are, are children. These are they're all children. Wasn't it Talib? Talib, I get them all mixed up because they're all equally bad. So I, I, I get them a lot mixed up. But wasn't Talib the one who was seen saying something like, Trump, that motherfucker, cucks. Wasn't she the one that did that? These, they have, they, first of all, they have no class. 
They have zero class. They can never debate issues. They're always calling names or labeling people. And once again, what, what, what did they do today? They labeled, they labeled Republicans. AOC is so dumb. But once again, as we talked about yesterday, and I've talked on the show a million fucking times, they play to the lowest common denominator. The lowest common denominator votes for them. That's why they win. These aren't smart people that vote for them. These are low brow, low common denominator people who vote for them. So she says she says this is an attack against women. Everything's a fucking racist attack. Everything's an attack against somebody. It's always an attack against women, attack against color, attack against gay, attack against trans. That's, that's everything for them. And we'll get into more of that later. I don't want to bury the lead of this whole thing, which has to do with, the once again, the Democrats calling everything they don't like MAGA. Forget issues. Forget everything they, everything they don't like is MAGA. So much so that they think parents who, who, who are complaining about the immigration policy and fentanyl coming across the border, they're MAGA. The parents, these poor parents of these, these young teenagers who died of fentanyl poisoning are MAGA according to Democrats. But getting back to this ridiculous idea of this being anti-woman, anti-woman of color, is, is any color, co- what, co- what color is Omar? Is she black? Is she African-American? So any, any shade, any shade of brown is color? Is that the way it works? I, I need to be schooled on this. I'm not sure. But how ridiculous. Mac- uh, McCarthy kicked off, who did he kick off before Omar? He kicked off Swalwell and he kicked off Schiff. Uh, are they women of color? AOC is such a lowbrow moron. She really is. I tell her go grab me a beer. Don't worry, I'll give her a good tip. I tip well. That's what best, that's basically all she's good for. And I don't want to put down bartenders. But obviously, this woman is not qualified to be in Congress, and certainly not qualified to be considered like a, a, t- a hot shot in Congress. She's a fucking hot shot. Why? Because she makes TikTok videos? She's a moron. Every time she screeches and, and complains, she sounds like a 15-year-old girl complaining. And that's what both her and Talib sounded like. There's not like 15-year-old girls complaining that their best friend was kicked off of a committee in high school, that their, their best friend was not allowed to be a cheerleader. That's what they sounded like. Did we see Republicans doing this when Nancy Pelosi would kick every Republican off, wouldn't allow Republicans to have anything? Of course not. That's what this ignorance and naivete is with these people when they get into Congress. These people don't know the way things work. Take a line out of The Godfather. It ain't personal, it's business. It's not personal, it's business. It's business. When you look at Swalwell and his connections to that Chinese hooker, whoever the hell she was, this spy, that is a big problem when you want to be an intelligence committee. Also, when you look at when you look at Schiff and how he was totally wrong about Russia, 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 and everything. Everything he said about Donald Trump was wrong, right? He pushed Russia for four fucking years. Everything he said was wrong. Everything he said about anything having to do with intelligence was totally wrong. Okay, it was all disproven to be total. Talk about tinfoil hat crap. So why should he be on the intelligence committee? I want people on the intelligence committee who are intelligent. And Swalwell and Schiff don't qualify for that particular committee. And 
Talib uh, Omar does not qualify after making those anti-Semitic remarks for a committee. It's just obvious. It's just obvious. But this is what they do. They go on the House floor and they act like like little girls, like angry girls. But once again, they can do that because their their constituents will approve of that. Their constituents will approve of them acting like these little spoiled girls. That's what they'll that, that's why they can do it. But until we get some kind of adults in the room here, I mean there are no adults in the room. And that's the problem. These are these are these are, these are children. These are low IQ children. And all they know, and this will lead me into the title of the room tonight, is to throw names. When something happens that they don't like, they throw names at you, right? So we see this always thing with racism. You're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a homophobe. We talked about Scott Wiener calling everyone that doesn't believe that children should be adults should have, should have sex with children as a, as a homophobe and transphobe. And that's all they can do. So the, the Republicans are starting to hold their hearings, of which there will be many, many more. And they were talking about immigration. They're talking about the open border and open borders leading to a lot of crime. We don't know a lot. There's some terrorists that get through. There are criminal elements that come through. There's a lot of drug pushing, drug dealing. There's MS-13. There's cartels that are bringing fentanyl in. And so Republicans are talking about these very important issues, the importance of really having a strong border, like every other fucking country does, by the way. Every other country has a strong border, except ours. And and the Democrats, all they can do is say that the Republicans are MAGA. That's all they can say. And it looked like to me like they were all, whether it was Schiff or or uh, Nad, 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 what name? Nadler, reading from a script. Just like they read from a script when they talk about getting COVID for the 80th time and how happy they are to have the vaccines. It's the same script. They were reading from a script and it was the same thing. Basically, that Republicans are all racist, xenophobic MAGA. That's what it was, because they want closed borders, because they want people to come here legally, because Republicans want people to come here legally. They're racist, xenophobe MAGA. So I guess every other country in the world has a strong border. They're all racist, xenophobe MAGA. In Europe, they're all racist, xenophobe Canada, racist, xenophobe MAGA. These people are insane because they have no defense. They know their president is a fucking old moron with dementia. They know that. So when you know your leader is an old moron with dementia, who's a total fuck up and has lied for a half century, what else do you got? What else do you got but MAGA? That's all they got. And so what they're saying, in essence, then, are these parents, and we saw one of them testifying about his son dying of a, of a fentanyl poisoning. That they're calling these parents who lost kids because of fentanyl poisoning and believe the border should be tighter so fentanyl can't come in here and kill more kids. They're calling them MAGA. They're MAGA because they want their kids to live. These, these, these are detestable people. These are detestable, vile individuals. Each and every one of them. 
And that's 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 a, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to cast a wide net here now and say anyone who puts a D next to their name these days are detestable, vile individuals, because this is what your party stands for. Your, it's a party of calling names. It's a party of Orwellian mantras. And it's all they know to do. It's all they know to do. It doesn't matter three, four million people have come here. You see what's going on in New York? You see what's going on in New York? Where these, these immigrants come here and they're not even grateful, many of them. They're coming here expecting things. They're coming here expecting to be put up in the Hilton forever. That's what they expect. So when they see that, why why the fuck would I'm thinking of go, I'm thinking of leaving and coming back myself without my passport. I, I want to be put up in the Hilton. I want to be put up in a hotel in Manhattan. I want to be in Midtown Manhattan. I want to be in Times Square with my with my meals delivered to me. The homeless in this country don't even get that. People in this country, citizens of this country have to live in the streets, piss and shit in the streets. And the immigrants that come here get put up in the Hilton and then they complain about it. Oh, it's too good to go to a, it's too good to go to a shelter. Too good. They're too good to go to shelters. Where, where do they live in? What were they supposedly escaping that was so bad that shelters aren't good enough for them? That's what I want to know. Where are they escaping that was so awful? Their lives were so awful there where shelters here with food and drinks and ping pong tables and cable and Wi-Fi isn't good enough. What kind of oppression were they escaping? And then you have actual immigrants here who have gone through the process and they're disgusted at these people. That's why you cannot compare these fucking immigrants to Italians and Irish. The Italians and Irish didn't come here and say, put me up in the fucking Hilton. They came here and they worked and they built the fucking country that we live in now. They worked. They became construction workers. They became cops. They became firemen. They built, they, they, they opened restaurants. And that's what this one, uh, I believe, Mexican immigrant was saying, that he came here 30 years ago and he opened a, he, he It was tough at first, but he worked and he opened a restaurant, a successful restaurant. And now he sees these people, they come here and they want, they, they want, to, they, they want to live in the, in the Taj Mahal. It's absolutely insane. It's truly insane. It's truly fucking insane. And they were living on the streets for a while. They were the, but another big part of this is the left wing, the AOCs of the world, were whispering in their ear, a whisper, were whispering in these immigrants' ears to not go to the shelter, to make a statement, to make a statement that they belong in the hotel, that they should be given hotels for free, hotel rooms for free. So they were actually... Hurting as they as the left wing activists always do, they always hurt the people they supposedly intend to help. Hurting them, living in the in the cold streets of New York, and finally these people stopped listening to these ridiculous activists and left. Many of them go into that shelter, which, as Eric Adams has said, he walked through, and it's absolutely fine, clean, security, people cleaning, feeding you, cleaning for you. That's too good for these people. Not good enough, I should say, for these people.
And then they're called MAGA, people who want to, people who just simply want a normal border, a normal border with a normal process that our ancestors went through, the Italians, the, the Irish went through. Hell, not even that, not even like Ellis Island, not, not, not even that strict. If you want that, if you want a normal border, if you don't want fentanyl poisoning, if you don't want kids to be poisoned by fentanyl, if you don't want people coming here living off living off our kindness, not lifting a finger to do anything, then you're MAGA. You're a xenophobe, racist MAGA. Once again, the Democrats have no facts. They have nothing they can come with. They have no way to refute what we talk about. They have no way to refute the evidence. They have no way to refute. They have no way to debate the issue. They can't. Oh, they can, but they're on a losing side, and they know that. So all they can do is call names. All they can do is call names. Dog whistles. Racist. Sexist. MAGA. Homophobe. Xenophobe. It's all they know. We should call this the Dem- – we should come up with these terms, right? They're like seven – and, and call it the Democrats' Dictionary, right? Especially what this is. This is like the Democrats' the Democrats Dictionary, and that's all they know. Even though they're constantly proven wrong on everything. They're constantly proven wrong on everything. Once again, the numbers, the facts are never on their side. They're not on their side with immigration. They're not on their side with covid they're not on their. It's not. It's not on. They're not. It's not on their side with masks. It's not on their side with vaccines. The facts are not on their side, and I'll get more into that. A bunch of stuff, a treasure trove of stuff, came in today. We've, we're talking about peer reviews and non-peer reviews showing that masks are totally meaningless against the flu and totally meaningless against COVID. All right, totally pointless. More, more, more information. More and more studies. They all dropped today, and I'll read them in a bit. But they're on the wrong side of everything. So when you're on the wrong side of everything, you basically all you can do is call names like a child. All you can do is go on the House floor and take a tantrum. To take a tantrum like Talib and AOC. I mean, I, I can't believe they should just literally get on the floor like a kid and start pounding the floor with their hands and feet. They might as well do that. Especially what AOC was doing with her with her body language, her ridiculous war dance that she was doing. I don't know what the fuck that was. She is really screwed up. Once again, it shows there should be some qualifications for these jobs. This is what happens when you basically pull someone off the street the street or out of the bar and make them a congressperson. This is what ha- this is what you get. Look, she was tired of working in the bar. I get it. Bartending, although you can make a lot of money bartending, but she wanted the gig. She wanted the two hundred thousand a year. She wanted the health insurance. She wanted the apartment in D.C. And that's why she that's why she went for the job. Obviously, that's why she went for the job. And of course, celebrity status. This is not reasons why people should be in Congress. These aren't reasons why people should be in Congress. Where's your qualifications? And you know what? You need qualifications to be on these committees. You need extra qualifications. These aren't pri- these aren't something that's given to you as a right to be in Congress on a committee. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. And when your party loses, sometimes you lose the privilege. Sometimes when your party loses, 
especially if you're undeserving of being on those committees, you're going to lose the privilege that were given to you by Nancy. You know why Nancy gave them these things? Because they didn't defy her. You know that. That's part of the reason why Nancy Pelosi won on the people said, oh, Nancy Pelosi is such a strong leader. She won the first ballot, didn't take 15. Yeah, she won the first ballot because she was great at threatening people. Nancy from Baltimore was great at threatening people. In other words, you ain't going to get a fucking committee assignment. But you know what, Talib and and Omar and AOC, you play with me, squad. You play, you, you, you back me and I'll put you on these committees. And that's why they're on there. Not because they belong there. Not because they're qualified to be there. Because they didn't give her any, any problems. And they made sure she was voted in in five, five seconds. That's why. That's why Nancy Pelosi won on the first ballot. Because she knew how to threaten people. So these people should never be on these committees. And now McCarthy takes over and he realizes that. And he knows that. And he's getting rid of them. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Good riddance. But like I said, the de- Democrats are on the wrong side of everything. They're on the wrong side of immigration. They know the numbers of – they know there are five, six times as many people coming through the border now as during Trump. They know fentanyl wasn't the problem in the Trump it is now because of all these people coming through. They know. The numbers show it. The facts show it. They're on the wrong side. So they can't – when you're on the wrong side of the facts, like I said, the numbers, you can't debate that. So you have to just call names. That's it. That's it. It's like a it's like a child who doesn't know how to debate or 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 is put in a corner and just doesn't know what else to do but to come out screaming and yelling. That's what they do. That's what they do. And we keep on proving them wrong on everything. We keep on pro- day after day now we're being proven right on everything. Everything. The right is being proven right on everything. Two studies came out today. I'll read both of them. Oh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with COVID. I hope that the ne- I hope those that, I hope that's the next committee after immigration after the border. And I know there's going to be another Twitter dump. Uh, Elon Musk said, uh, "Elon Omar, Elon Omar, Elon Musk." Elon Musk said early February, <clears throat> "Someone else is coming, and he's having some other person come in to do this dump, and they're coming in to San Francisco." I think hopefully this week or so, and they're going to put out a lot of the, the Fauci stuff and the COVID stuff, which will hopefully lead to some hearings pretty soon. But three things happened today. Four, four very important things. I'll get to all of them. One is the secret government meetings on COVID-19 natural immunity in which the Fauci and his mafia, six schmucks, got together secretly and decided that natural immunity wasn't a thing because they all have big ties to big pharma. And of course, they, and of course that fucked the world over. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll also talk about McCullough, who was uh, – I didn't realize that there was some lawsuit. There was some legal case against him for some reason. I'll, tell you, I'll talk more about that. And uh, the judge dismissed the case against him, proving he was right all along that COVID-19 vaccines are extremely dangerous. Um, a study – this is a study finding a mask wearing makes little or no difference regarding the flu. And there was another study that's done. That was a peer-reviewed study. There's a non-peer-reviewed study that was done that showed the masks do nothing when it comes to COVID. And I'll, I'll get to both. Of, I'll get to both of those. Which one should I read first? Which one do we knew first? Oh, and no, look at all this stuff. Another study came out showing the new COVID pill is actually mutating the virus. A lot of bad news for Big Pharma today. A lot of bad news for the COVID, the branch COVIDian narrative. 
came out today. And this is all in the last like few hours. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. Here, let's read this one first. Let's talk about this one. This is a, a major new study showing that masks don't stop the spread of COVID. And this is how the Washington Examiner and uh, Timothy Carney wrote it. And he wonders when the mandators will apologize. Ha! Let's do the, what's the Kamala Harris laugh? <laughs> It'll never happen because we know facts didn't matter to them from day one. Facts don't matter to them. So what, facts are going to matter three years later? Of course not. doesn't matter. A dozen scientists from around the world conducted a massive study mega study of our efforts to fight COVID as well as similar efforts to fight the flu. And they published the results in the Cochrane database of systematic reviews. The authors examined 78 different studies on the efficacy of different mitigation efforts, such as masking, distancing, screening, quarantining, and hand washing. How did these interventions affect the spread of the flu, COVID, or similar viruses? The studies were diverse. They covered epidemics, as well as periods of low transmission. They covered rich countries and poor countries, suburban schools and inner city neighborhoods, hospitals and villages. Most important with that in common, they were all randomized control trials or at least cluster RCTs. These are the gold standards for studies because they have the greatest chance of avoiding confounding factors. Non-randomized, non-controlled trials, for example, observational studies can be compromised if say people become more likely to wear masks at times or places that have already had higher rates of spread. Or if people who wore masks who were also more fastidious, hand washers. So what did the studies find? For starters, hand washing was effective in stopping the spread of these illnesses. That's not surprising. But here's the most eye-opening finding. Wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illness, COVID-19-like illness, compared to not wearing masks. In other words, masks didn't do much, if anything. It's possible that a community could have down could drive down spread if everyone wore well-fitted, high-quality masks such as N95s or respirators, but there's no conclusive evidence that it does. With that in mind, think back to late 2020 to mid-2022 when mayors, governors, school districts, and even the U.S. Department of Transportation and Joe Biden were forcing masks on unwilling people. By the way, it's still happening now. I saw a guy on Twitter today who was fired today, 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 February of 2023 for not wearing a mask, especially children, even when viral transmission was very low. Early on, when public health officials told us to wear masks, they were simply playing it safe. But as time went on, even as the efficacy of masks became more doubtful, the officials switched from asking to mandating. They went beyond mandating, of course, and attacked everyone who resisted their mandates as selfish grandma killers. The mayors and county executives who required masks knew they didn't work, obviously because these same mayors and county executives personally refused to wear these masks in exactly the situations when they were mandating the masks. What happened in the past is the past. The mask mandates in 2020 had an excuse. The mandates in 2023 don't. Today, they should all personally and publicly fess up and explain why they made the mistakes they did. If the mask mandates don't explain the source of their error, they are immolating whatever authority and credibility they have left. So I say good luck. I say good luck to Timothy Carney. There will be no zero, zero, zero mea culpas here. Zero. In fact, they'll continue to wear masks. They'll continue to wear them, promote them, and tell everyone how important they are. Maybe this is the same one as this story. Let me see. Let me go to this other story that came out of it. Is this the same study or a different study? Let me see. There's so much stuff going on today. Study finds mess. This is out of NBC 15. Where's NBC 15? I don't know what exactly. It's NBC 15. Study find mask wearing makes little or no difference. 
regarding flu transmission research. Yeah, I, I guess it's, this is 80. Yeah, randomized controls. Uh, yeah. Okay, this is it's basically the same thing. Uh, the study was going to – okay, so peer review. This is all peer review, by the way. This was, this was the Cochrane database of systematic reviews. So this is the – the mask one is peer-reviewed, okay? So it's being written up in a lot of different places now. The Washington Examiner, this is NBC, some local NBC channel. I'm not exactly sure NBC 15 is, but they wrote it up. Um, and then there was a, a – I believe, I believe the, the one about the pill was non-peer-reviewed. I know one was peer-reviewed and one wasn't. Yeah, this is the one that's not peer-reviewed, I think. Yes, okay. This is a study that says the COVID, the new COVID pill, you know, the pill they want you to take, is actually mutating the virus. This is uh, a non-peer-reviewed study, says Merck's COVID-19 pill, Lagevrio, can mutate the coronavirus. Of course, Merck claims the study is circumstantial and lacks proof. It's so funny how these big pharma companies come out and say, oh, no, this lacks proof when they've shown no proof at all that masks work, that pills work, that the vaccine work. They show no fucking data or proof at all for any of this stuff. Right. Anything lockdown, social distancing. But when a study comes out, when some kind of a study comes out and says this pill doesn't work, they go, oh, lack lacking proof. The proof isn't there. So why does proof matter to them all of a sudden? The effect, and for, by the way, the proof is on there. The burden of proof is on them. It's on Merck. It's on Pfizer. It's not on me. It's not on you. It's not on Jay Bhattacharya. It's on them. If they're going to mandate things or they're going to tell us, here, take this, print in your mouth, put this in your arm, they have to show the proof, not us. Son of a bitch. Instead of stopping COVID-19, Merck's Legevrio drug may actually help mutate the virus, according to a, no, a new non-peer-reviewed study. Merck, meanwhile, denies the accuracy. Researchers from the U.S. and the U.K., including the Francis Crick Institute and Imperial College London, say that the drug's purpose of mutating the COVID genome to restrict the virus from spreading within a patient may create more mutations of the virus that can pass to other people. Using a drug like Legevrio to switch up the genetic code of the virus may not always be a great idea, according to the study authors. Jonathan Lee, a virologist at Harvard Medical School and Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, tells Bloomberg. There's always been this underlying concern that it could contribute to a problem generating new variants. This has largely been hypothetical, but this preprint validates a lot of those concerns. Merck isn't impressed. A spokesperson for the company tells Bloomberg, there is no, how do you become a spokesperson? What kind of a person do you have to be to be the spokesperson for big pharma? There is no evidence to indicate that any antiviral agent has contributed to the emergence of circulating variants, and the study offers only circumstantial accusations for the, well, People go to jail. You know, the, the prisons are filled with people who are put there because of circumstantial evidence. Is that, am I not right about that? Circumstantial or not, the researchers made the tie. It appears that people are being treated. Some of them aren't clearing their infections, and some are passing them on. Theo Sanderson, a study leader, tells Bloomberg. Because of the drug-linked mutations, Merck's Legevrio pill is too much of a risk, says a Stanford University antiviral drug researcher who consulted with the authors but wasn't involved with the study. He tells Bloomberg, it's a very distressing situation. There's no evidence that any of these mutants are in it. Any of these mutants are worse in any way. Not yet. But it's well agreed that you're playing with fire if you're creating random mutations and hoping nothing bad will come of it. So once again, this is more. It's, it, there's more and more proof, more and more evidence showing
knowing that everything we've been told, everything we've been told has been a lie, and everything we're continuing to be told is a lie, right? Take this pill, take jab number 27, all of it's bullshit. And this whole idea, this whole idea that we have to we have to prove everything. Why? When something's mandated, when the government tells you you must do this, they have to show proof. They have to show proof that it works. Not We don't have to show proof it doesn't. When a pharmaceutical company says, here, take this pill, pill, they have to prove it works. When a pharmaceutical company says, here, take this jab, and then the jab is mandated, especially then they have to prove it works. They've never proven any of it. In fact, we have now proven a million times over masks don't work. We've proven a million times over the vaccines have no efficacy. We're proving they're dangerous. But once again, they're, they're lobbying, right? They have these, they pay, the spokesperson probably gets paid 10 million a year. The CEO, they have lobbyists that once again, I've seen stupid fucking commercials on TV with that moron who was in jail. What's her name? Uh, losing her name. The one who's in jail for insider trading. The, uh, the chef, the celebrity chef, Martha Stewart. I see it again. It's, it's the most bizarre fucking commercial I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of bizarre commercials. It's a commercial where Martha Stewart is, is sharpening a, a, like a, a knife, but a huge knife, like a samurai sword. She's sharpening a samurai sword. And this is a, a, an ad for the jab. Martha Stewart, she's, she's sharpening the samurai sword. And she's talking about how she just took the latest jab number 37 which uh, is proven to go to 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 combat new new Omicron variants. A, to- a total lie, one hundred percent lie. Okay, these are as effective as all the jabs that have come before them. And she's sharpening this up, and she's like cutting things with it. I guess showing that the way she's cutting the virus. Uh, it's so uh, it's so fucking weird. But once again, big pharma can pay her. I mean, she's a whore. She's not going to do it for nothing. So the big pharma is paying her to do this, to hock this poison, to hock this snake oil shit. In the most bizarre fashion imaginable. And they're still running those ads. I don't know if those ads are running in Republican states. I don't know. But they're certainly running here in San Francisco constantly. They're still running ads like they were written two and a half years ago. They're still running. They're still running vaccine, COVID vaccine ads in, in San Francisco, in California. I'm sure they're running throughout the whole state, saying that the vaccine prevents the spread. They're still doing that within the ad. They're saying the vaccine that within the ad, they're saying you get it, so the person next to you doesn't get it, doesn't get the disease. This is they're still doing that now. In 2023, they're still doing it. And no one is suing. No one is t- no one is making them stop. When are they going to be made to stop? That's the question. When are they going to be made to stop? And there was more today. There was so much more. So much more. Such as... I, I do want to read this little thing about Peter McCullough because I didn't know he was being sued. I didn't know he was being sued. Um, but for some reason, let me read this. Maybe I can figure out 
I'm still trying to figure out why he was sued. It was very bizarre. A district judge vindicated Texas cardiologist and outspoken COVID vaccine critic, Dr. Peter McCullough, on Wednesday, dismissing a lawsuit filed against him approximately two years ago by his former employer, Baylor Scott and White Health System. McCullough, dubbed the prominent purveyor of COVID misinformation by his detractors, was sued by the health system two years ago for allegedly violating a separation agreement and bringing the Baylor Scott and White Health name into the media. Oh, I see. Associate Judge Tara Khan Merritt of the District Court, District Court, Dallas County, District Judicial District Court, Dallas County, say that 10 times fast, dismissed the suit with prejudice. This is a strong victory for freedom of speech and fair, balanced publication and media presentation of clinical data as it has emerged over the course of the pandemic crisis, McCullough says. My analysis and conclusions have been accurate, consistent, and have always been my own, not those of any institution. Baylor accused McCullough in the million-dollar lawsuit of reputational harm, stating that McCullough gave several media interviews and was published in journals that mentioned Baylor as an affiliate, even though he had parted ways with the employer. Baylor, Scott, and Whitehall told the Dallas Morning News in a written statement at the time of the findings that McCullough's views don't represent those of the healthcare provider. So what basically what Baylor, Scott, and White was doing is they were saying that the truth, they don't want to hear the truth, right? They can't handle the truth. He was telling the truth, and they don't want to be associated with the truth. The lawsuit was filed to enforce the separation and avoid public confusion, the statement said. We take very seriously our responsibility to be trusted source of medical information in the communities we serve. Well, they don't. They, they just lied. They, they just lied. They said they, 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 they want to be a trusted source of medical information. In the, well, they lied because he was telling the truth. So let me guess. If, if he was lying, if he was saying the vaccines are great and the masks are working, they wouldn't have cared that he used their name. But because he was telling the actual truth, that bothered them. Yet representatives for the cardiologist, Sergeant McCullough, never stated he was employed by the health system anyway, and that it was third parties who referenced the relationship. The lawsuit, in a sense, represented a form of intimidation and professional reprisal, and I feel vindicated by a dismissal, McCullough said. Well, obviously. Once again, though, they were obviously offended by what he was saying. They were offended by him telling the truth. They didn't like him telling the truth. They wanted him repeating the same Orwellian mantra about vaccines, about masks, and then they wouldn't have sued him. A spokesperson from Baylor Scott and White Health told the Daily Wire an email statement that the health system takes very seriously our responsibility. Yeah, we saw that again. It's, it's a lie. They keep on saying the same lie, that they want to be a trusted source of information. Dr. McCullough is not an employee and has, not a, and has agreed to not represent himself as such. As a result, both parties mutually agreed in late January to dismiss all actions. No, no. A judge dismissed it. What are they talking about? But of course, now more of the truth is coming out, right? McCullough's been vindicated many times over, I guess, since this lawsuit. So now, of course, they want to drop it. McCullough participated in health system task forces, led research activities on COVID for the health system, and teamed with government officials throughout the early days of the pandemic in 2020. Prominent medical journals published peer-reviewed studies of McCullough's early treatment and response to the COVID health crisis. In response to his work, McCullough claims the health system decided not to review, not to renew his contract, which was tantamount to termination without reason or due process. Following the non-renewal, McCullough said he negotiated a settlement agreement that made way for the lawsuit. I'm glad it's behind us, he said. The process was draining, he continued, and they believed the lawsuit was designed to injure his professional career. Moreover, it was a message to other doctors to follow a narrative, he said. 
And that narrative is becoming increasingly uncomfortable for physicians in terms of a narrative that directs doctors not to treat patients early for COVID-19 and to continue to support and recommend emergency use authorized COVID-19 vaccination, despite mounting data that the vaccines have a very unfavorable safety profile. McCullough became a controversial figure in the medical field amid the global pandemic, which prompted medical associations and legacy media to discredit his promotion of hydroxychloroquine and other early treatments. In December of 21, the cardiologist appeared on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, where he made a number of claims about information surrounding treatments for the coronavirus, including questioning the efficacy and safety of the vaccines and how the pandemic started. When I graduated from medical school, I took the Hippocratic Oath, which said that above all, I would do no harm to any patient. And I do everything in my power to help each and every patient, McCullough said. I've done that throughout the pandemic, not only with my personal patients, but through my public statements and my work as a public figure to help as many people in the world as possible, helping them avoid hospitalization and death with COVID-19 illness and helping them avoid injury, disability and death with COVID-19 vaccination. I think this is a very important stance. I wouldn't do anything differently, he said. Whether there was a lawsuit or no lawsuit, this is very important. The question on the table is, why can't all doctors in America and the world say that? Why can't all doctors in America and in the world say that? That's a great question, isn't it? That's a great question. But obviously, they sued him two years ago because they didn't like what he was saying. It wasn't that they were using his name. They didn't like what he was saying. If they liked what he was saying, they wouldn't have cared that he was being associated with them. Because he was coming out and telling the truth. They, they sued him. Fast forward two years later, the worm is turning on all this stuff. And now they, they say, yeah. You know, so there's a little bit of a of a disagreement here. The judge dropped the lawsuit. They dropped the lawsuit. Either way, there's no lawsuit because they know now they're on the wrong side of history and they don't want to push it anymore. But that's why they sued him. Nothing to do with him using their name. It's because he was telling the truth and they didn't like the truth and they couldn't handle the truth. That's why the lawsuit happened. But I'm glad he was vindicated. I'm glad he was vindicated. And I think... One of the biggest things that happened today was the, and Jay Bhattacharya also responded on this, was the the government, the secret government meetings on COVID-19 national immunity. This is something we're just really learning about now, these secret meetings that happened uh, on, as written by Zachary Stiber on COVID-19 national immunity. What happened was four of the highest ranking U.S. health officials, including Dr. Tony Fauci, met in secret to discuss whether or not natural immune people should be exempt from getting COVID-19 vaccinations, the Epic Times can reveal. The officials brought in four outside experts to discuss whether the protection gained after recovering from COVID-19, known as natural immunity, should count as one or more vaccine doses. There was interest in several people in the administration hearing basically the opinions of four immunologists in terms of what we thought about natural infection as contributing to protection against moderate to severe disease and to what extent that should influence dosing. Dr. Paul Ofit, one of the experts, told the Epic Times. Ofit and another expert took the position that the natural immune need fewer doses, not none, fewer However, the other two experts argued national immunity shouldn't count as anything, as anything. The discussion did not lead to a change in U.S. VAX policy, which has never acknowledged post-infection protection. Fauci and the other U.S. officials 
who heard from the experts, have repeatedly downplayed that protection, claiming that it is inferior to vaccine-bestowed immunity. Of a vaccine, we've discovered this is zero efficacy. Most studies on the subject indicate the opposite. Of course they do, but Fauci never cared about studies. The meeting held in October of 21 was briefly discussed before on a podcast. The Epic Times has independently confirmed the meeting took place, identified all the participants, and uncovered other key details. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, a professor of medicine at Stanford University, who did not participate in the meeting, of course not. Why would they let Jay? Why would they let Jay? <laughs> of course not. They don't want someone who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Criticized how such a consequential discussion took place behind closed doors with only a few people present. It was a really impactful decision that they made in private with a very small number of people involved, and they reached the wrong decision. Bhattacharya told the Epic Times. Now, now watch, listen to this. These are the participants from the government, Fauci, the head of U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor to Joe Biden. Dr. Vivek Murthy, the U.S. Surgeon General. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Dr. Francis Collins, head of the U.S. National Institute of Health. And Dr. This one I haven't heard of. Dr. Bishara Shokar, the White House Vaccine Coordinator until November of 21. Now you're thinking, all right, Mike, those are the government people. How about outside? Here are the outside, the government folks. Offit, that we just spoke about, the Director of Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and advisor to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration on vaccines. Dr. Michael Osterholm, this is the, this, Osterholm can sit on the outside. Director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota and a former member of Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. That's the outside, outside the government. This guy I've never heard of, Akiko Iwasawa. Sounds like a film director. Professor of Immunobiology and Molecular Cellular and Development Biology at Yale. And here, from the outside, Dr. Peter Hotez. <laughs> that fucking freak. Co-director of Texas Children's Hospital for Vaccine Development. This guy loves jabbing kids with vaccines. And dean of the Baylor College of Medicine School of Tropical Medicine. Tropical Medicine. That's the outside. They're all, these are all fucking recognizable big pharma whores that were, that were pushing the vaccines from even before there were vaccines. Peter Hotez was like on TV drooling about vaccines like in the spring and summer of 2020 with a stupid little fucking bow tie. Fauci and Mercy decided to hold the meeting, according to emails the Epic Times obtained. Would you be available tonight from 9 to 9.30 for a call with a few other scientific colleagues on infection-induced immunity? Tony and I just discussed, and we were hoping to do this sooner rather than later if possible. Murthy wrote in one missive to Fauci, Walensky, and Collins. All three quickly, quickly said they could make it. Walensky asked who would be there. Murthy listed the participants. I think you know all of them, right, he said. Walensky said she knew all but one person. Sounds like a good crew. <laughs> a good crew. A good big pharma whore crew. Clear benefit. During the meeting, Offit put forth his position that natural immunity should count as two doses. At the time, the CDC recommended three shots, a two-dose primary series, and a booster for many Americans 18 and older, soon expanding that advice to all adults, even though trials of the boosters only analyzed immunogenicity, immunogenicity and efficacy among those without evidence of prior infection. Research indicated that the natural immunity was long-lasting and superior to vaccination. On the other hand, the CDC published a paper in its quasi-journal that concluded vaccination was better. What a shock. 
Osterholm sided with Uffet, but thought that having recovered from COVID-19 should only count as a single dose. Really, but think about this. I'll go, in, I'll go, this is a big article. I'll read more in a second. So <laughs> they are absolutely pulling this stuff out of their asses. We know natural, we know natural immunity was superior. So in, in, in what, in 2021, 2022, they didn't realize that natural immunity was a thing, especially once they started figuring out these vaccines were shit. They didn't realize that natural immunity is better than shit. So they, they had no information. They had no real data that showed that these vaccines were going to be more effective than natural immunity. And so here's this one guy who thought having recovered from COVID-19 should count as one dose. Where does he, where did he get that from? He pulled that out of his ass. I added my voice to the meeting to count an infection as equivalent to a dose of vaccine. I've always believed hybrid immunity likely provides the most protection, Osterholm told the Epic Times via email. Hybrid immunity refers to getting a vaccine after recovering from COVID-19. <clears throat> Some papers have found vaccination after recovery boosts antibodies, which are believed to be a correlation of protection. Other research has shown that the national immune have a higher risk of side effects than those who haven't recovered from infection. Some experts believe the risk is worth the benefit, but others do not. Hotez and Iwasaki, meanwhile, made the case that natural immunity should not count as any dose, as has been the case in virtually the entire United States since the COVID-19 vaccines were first rolled out. Iwasaki referred to a British preprint study soon published soon after published in Nature that concluded, based on survey data, that the protection from the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines was heightened among people with evidence of prior infection. She also noted a study she worked on that found the naturally immune had higher antibody titters than the vaccinated, but that the vaccinated reached comparable levels of nat- neutralization responses to the ancestral strain after the second vaccine dose. The researchers also discovered T-cells thought to protect against severe illness were boosted by vaccination. Of course, they were totally wrong about all this. There's a clear benefit to boosting regardless of prior infection. It was Aki who has since received more than two million in grants from the National Institute of Health. Listen to that. Iwasaki, who has since received more than two million in grants from the NIH. So what would happen if this guy went against the NIH narrative? Goodbye, money. And that's why so many doctors didn't talk up. Goodbye, money. Told participants after the meeting an email obtained by the Epic Times, Hotez received $789,000 in grants from the NIH in fiscal year 2020 and has received other grants totaling millions in previous years. Offit, who co-invented the Rotorus, rotavirus vaccine, received three and a half million in NIH grants from 1985 to 2004. Once again, whores. Hotez declined interview requests through a spokesperson. Iwasaki did not respond to requests for comment. These are the, when, when did the trials start? When did the Nuremberg trials start for these fucking criminals? No participants represented experts like Bernacharya, who say the nationally immune generally don't need any doses at all. No participants represented experts like Bernacharya, who say that the nationally immune generally don't need any doses at all. I'm going to go more into this. There's a lot more to go here. But I'm going to go to Daniel. What say you? Yeah, I say, you know, it can appear that today was a good day, but um, I would like to caution and I feel like I'm a broken record on this to some degree, but um, nobody should be celebrating because they are winding down uh, what they wound up. And this, the winding down was as planned as the wind up. And 
um, the only time that we should be uh, celebrating is when uh, people are brought to justice, not just the removal of, of mandates, not just the removal of vaccine mandates, mask mandates, of, of lockdowns of all sorts, um, uh, not the removal of the, of the constraints on physicians uh, to be able to give in California, you know, give their patients good advice on vaccinations. Um, we shouldn't be celebrating any of that yet. What we need to be celebrating is putting these people behind bars. We need to celebrate justice. This wind down is as planned as the wind up. What their hopes are, and, and this is something that I've been saying a broken record on, uh, I've been a broken record on for a long time, and that is their hopes are is they can wind it up as a controlled manner. They can wind it down as in a controlled manner as they wound it up. And if they do so, then they just wind it down slowly to the point where most people have forgotten about it. And we simply cannot let that happen. So I just want to caution anybody uh, to, to just don't celebrate. This is not the point where we celebrate. Well, but this is all stuff that can be used in hearings, I'm just saying, right? I mean, yeah, it can be used right. in hearings and can be used in criminal trials at some point in civil suits. It could be there's a lot of there's a lot of ammo here, but we got to get we got to get to that point. We got to no, get to I, the I, I get what you're saying. In fact, the most dangerous part of this is and we've all talked about this many times here. The most dangerous part of this whole process, like you say, of winding down is basically the the um the excuse, and we've heard this before, right? We've seen this in those article. Oh, there's another article. Remember that? Uh, okay, this, after this, there's another article. A lot of articles today. But the next article I, I will talk to about. Did you see the article? I think you might have sent. Someone sent to me about how this woman wrote this uh, opinion piece about how the the uh, the Republicans are upset at COVID. they're still upset at COVID response. Oh, as, I saw that, but I, I didn't send it to you. But I saw it. Yeah, as though we have no, as though we have no. Yeah. We have no right to be upset about. (laughs) Right, right. What what do you have to be upset about? But as if it's just Republicans, (laughs) right? But their whole and but their whole their whole, I guess, point of view there. Their whole argument is that well, and this is this is what they'll try to do to get to get past all this, you know, trials and 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 criminal charges and so on and so forth and civil charges is they'll say well, we did what we thought was best at the time. Now we know better. That, that's all they'll say, right? I mean, that's what they'll say. Well, we, well that's we, what they'll, they'll try saying. Or they'll, right. they'll do something even worse. They'll try saying, oh, you guys hold such a grudge. And and the, the media will parrot, parrot this over and over and over again that the uh, the anti-vaxxers, they will continue to call us, are such grudge holders. And grudge holding, they will amplify that into being something that's uh, negative and associated with us. And they won't dare stop until we let up, until we stop. But we can't stop. We can't stop, and I think we are. I think we're winning. I think we're winning. I think we're, we're winning in lawsuits. Let's put it that way, right? Drip, drip, drip. Lawsuit by lawsuit by lawsuit. We're basically we're not really losing any of them. You know, we're we're winning all of them, and and even 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 places would have lawsuits like the San Francisco, you know, California and schools here and having kids having to get the vaccine. They're backing off on that. So even in those things that haven't gone to a, a ju- you know, a judge, they're still backing off on a lot of it, you know. So I think, once again, I'm as cynical as you are, and I it's know not, it's not cynicism. I, I, it's not cynicism that I'm, that I'm expressing here. I'm just saying, don't start celebrating until we really won something. 
it's great that it's great great that um uh, AB2098 looks like it's um not it's it's dead it's great that uh, McCullough's won his great case it's great that the children's defense fund won their case there's a lot of cases that um, we should be saying okay that's great but it's only the removal of malice that we're doing at this point we have to continue on to justice the removal of malice that is getting back to 2019 with respect to our rights is we, we've taken 20 steps for 20 steps backwards and one step forward. I mean, we, we can't we can't settle. We can't settle for that. We can't just settle for returning the status quo after so much status quo as far as rights go. After so much harm has been done to us, so much demonstrable harm has been done to us. We can't simply say, oh, we got our rights back. Great. You know, f- f- forget all the harm you did to us. We got our rights back. That's all we wanted. No, we we can't stop there. We have to pursue justice till we, till the end. We absolutely have to. And I think the problem is is that we need to be able to link. We need to be able to link all these people, like I like I have. But I, I, I you actually need to do it in a court of law where you need to link all these people to big pharma and, like I said, the money they were getting from the NIH. And that this money and they're beholden to this money in the NIH and Big Pharma is what is what propelled them to do all of this stuff, which made policy that hurt people. You see what I'm saying? You have to, oh, we have I to, see to, we, yeah, we have I, to connect. They have to connect those dots. Not me. I've connected them many times, but they need to be connect them in, in, in a court of law. That's what most, have most to do. definitely. Most right. definitely. The more dots that, that are connected, if we keep pursuing justice. That is, rather than just returning our rights to what they were in 2019, if we can continue to pursue justice for the sake of for, to, for compensation for the harm that was done to our society, that's when we celebrate. It's great that we have these these victories along the way. But the only point at which I am going to be celebrating is when we have when, when there is some justice done, not re- simply returning to us what that which is ours, our rights. That's not, that's not justice. Well, and, and, and another part of this is simply, like I said, as far as the law is concerned, you're going to have to, and you 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 know we agreed on this, you're going to have to say it was nefarious. It was there was intent, right? It wasn't just a mistake. It wasn't that it was it wasn't just doctors being wrong. It wasn't just well intentioned doctors being wrong, because that's just that's 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 a, that's a mistake. Doctors get away with mistakes all the time, right? Yes, but, yeah, there's no mistakes made here. Yeah, no, I understand obviously. that. I, I understand that. But even mistakes that hurt people. I mean, look, look at the Alec Baldwin case. He didn't intend to kill anybody, but he's being charged with manslaughter, right? So it's like because you made a mistake that ended up killing people and there were steps you could have taken to prevent that mistake, right? So I think this is the same thing here. You don't have to prove they were intended to hurt, harm or kill people, although I think they did. But you don't have to prove that. You just have to prove that these mistakes could have been avoided, right? And that people were harmed because of these mistakes. I think it's the same fucking thing. You don't, have thing. To, you don't have to prove malice and intent. You can prove negligence, and it can be just as – negligence is just as damning. Bingo, as right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and, that is what, and that is what we need to – on many fronts, we have to be proving. And there will be cases where there will be outright intent. When it comes to things like uh, Fauci suppression of uh, Jay Bhattacharya at, at all in their lawsuit that uh, NCLA is handling, I mean, that, that's, that's outright intent that's going to be established through the emails that they have on these guys. Um, 
where it goes beyond that and what other emails exist out there. And there may be people whose conscience um, within Pfizer, within the government, uh, the people's conscience, and it, you know, because there's some really stupid people out there in government and in Pfizer. And, and as they realize how much damage they had done and as they, and, and as they um, um, realize that they have actual information that could be used to link up negligence or intent or malice um there's there's going to be there's going to be potential for a lot of whistleblowers coming forward as well so yeah yeah i, I everything it, it's good it's heading in the right direction but all i'm saying is don't celebrate because if you celebrate then then that's it's going to give people kind of permission to to stop um pursuing what we really have to get which is justice like i said returning returning that which is ours isn't something that anyone should ever celebrate no, absolutely not. No, I agree. I mean, I'm not. Once again, this is not. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I use a different word than celebration. There's some vindication going on here, right? Yeah, Especially yeah, it's, it's yeah, but it's partial vindication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Mike. That it's it's all good stuff. I'm just saying, no premature celebration, please. Not not not. I'm targeting you. I'm just saying, from people in general, when you talk to people, you know, if they're celebrating and saying yes, 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 you know, we we're, we're beating them, we're beating them. I would just always say to them, we're getting back only what is ours so far. We beat them, and we have justice. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, yeah, at the end, when, when we finally get into the end zone, right, then we can then we can spike the yeah. football, basically, you know, yeah, then, then, we can, then, then we can spike the football. OK, um, well, I'm, I'm going to hang up rather than re repeating myself once again, like a broken record. So. Right, but I like your point. You, know, you make you make a good point. And, and, and we shouldn't stop until we, we, we totally win. We have any total victory, total yeah. victory. That's what we need. Good night. Good night. All right. OK, let me let me read it. Well, I get to all of them today, maybe. Let me just continue with this one because I think this is this is a, a big one here. Okay, now this is the public statements that were made. In public, Hotez repeatedly portrayed national immunity as worse than vaccination, <laughs> including citing the widely criticized CDC paper, which drew from just two months of testing in one state, in one post. Now, this is what we talk about with intent. If you're a fucking doctor, Okay, whatever he does with his tropical medicine, how would you how would you justify quoting one paper from the CDC, which drew from two months of testing in one state? You know it's bullshit. Yet you're pushing it anyway. So there's your intent, I think. In one post on Twitter on October 29, 21, he referred to another CDC study, which included the national immune were five times as likely to test positive compared to vaccinated people with no prior infection. Stated still more evidence, this time from showing that vaccine-induced immunity is way better than infection and recovery, what some call weirdly, what some call weirdly natural immunity. Weirdly natural immunity. The, the anti, this guy's like, was it like Neanderthal? Like this is the 16th, 16th century? Weirdly, so he'd never heard of, a doctor has never heard of natural immunity. The anti-vaccine and far-right groups go ballistic, but it's the reality. The same day, the CDC issued a science brief that detailed the agency's position on natural immunity versus the protection from vaccines. The brief, which has never been updated, says the, that available evidence shows both the vaccinated and naturally immune have a low risk of subsequent infection for at least six months, but the body of evidence for infection-induced immunity is more limited than that for vaccine-induced immunity.
Evidence shows that vaccination after infection or hybrid immunity significantly enhances protection and further reduces risk of infection and is the foundation of the CDC's recommendations, as the agency said. Several months later, the CDC acknowledged that natural immunity was superior to vaccination against the Delta variant, which was displaced in late 2021 by Omicron. The CDC, which has made misleading representations before on the evidence supporting vaccination of the naturally immune, did not respond to a request for comment regarding whether the agency will ever update the brief. Funny how no one is is, uh, is available for comment. They were all available. They're all available on Sunday shows for three years, but now they're not available for comment anymore. Iwasaki had initially been open to curbing the number of doses for the naturally immune. I think this supports the idea of just giving one dose to people who had COVID-19, she said in response to one Twitter post in early of 2021, which is restricted from view, but later came to argue that each person who's infected has a different immune response and that the natural immunity, even if it's strong initially, wanes over time. Oh, but we know the vaccines don't wane over time, only over what, the course of what, 10 days? Osterholm has knocked people who claim natural immunity is weak or non-existent, but has also claimed that vaccine-bestowed immunity is better. Osterholm also changed his stance he took in the meeting just several months later, saying in February of 2022 that we've got to make three doses the actual standard, while also trying to understand what kind of immunity we get from a previous infection. Offit has been the leading critic on the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, which advises U.S. regulators on vaccines over the authorizations of COVID-19 boosters. Offit has said boosters are unnecessary for the young and healthy because they don't add much to the primary series. He also criticized regulators for authorizing updated shots without consulting the committee in absent clinical data. Two of the top U.S. Food and Drug Administration officials resigned, if you remember, over the booster push. No FDA officials were listed on invitations to the secret meeting on natural immunity. We have some kind of a conscience from Uffet. Weak, but there. Fauci and Walensky downplay natural immunity. Fauci and Walensky, two of the most visible U.S. health officials during the pandemic, have repeatedly downplayed natural immunity. Fauci, who sent an email in March of 2020 that he assumed there would be substantial immunity post-infection, would say later that natural immunity was real, but that the durability was uncertain. He noted the studies finding higher antibody levels from hybrid immunity. In September of 2021, months after claiming that vaccinated people can feel safe, they are not going to get infected, Fauci said he did not have a really firm answer on where the naturally immune should get vaccinated. It is conceivable that you get infected, you're protected, but you may not be protected for the indefinite period of time, Fauci said on CNN. So I think that is something that we need to sit down and discuss seriously. After the meeting, Fauci would say that natural immunity and vaccine-bestowed immunity both wane and that people should get vaccinated regardless of prior infection to boost their protection. Yeah, yeah, of course. How about 27 vaccines? One to who, how many more grants are going to be handed out? After the meeting, Fauci would say that natural immunity and okay. Walensky, before she became CDC director, signed a document called the John Snow Memorandum in response to the Great Barrington Declaration, which Bhattacharya co-authored. The declaration called for focused protection of the elderly and otherwise infirm, stating the most compassionate approach that balances the risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally, to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection, while better protecting those who are at higher risk. The memorandum, in contrast, said there was no evidence for lasting protective immunity. The SARS-CoV-2 following natural infection supported the harsh lockdown measures that had been imposed in the United States and elsewhere. In March of 2021, after becoming director, Walensky released recommendations that the naturally immune get vaccinated 
noting that there was substantial durability of protection six months after infection, but that rare cases of reinfection had been reported. Rare cases of reinfection. Walensky uh, helped the CDC study on natural immunity, hyped the CDC study on natural immunity in August of 21, and the second study in October of 21. But when the third paper came out, concluding natural immunity was superior, she did not issue a statement. Walensky later told the blog that the study found natural immunity provided strong protection, perhaps even more so than those who've been vaccinated and not yet boosted. You see, these people are actual morons. They're idiots. They're imbeciles. But they change their mind every other day. But because but once again, the problem is, and I'll get more to the article in a second, is that we know what these people did. They, like Fauci especially and Walensky, they stated things as certainty. They didn't say this could change a month from now. Oh, the the the, uh, the the vaccines might last six months or six days. They didn't say that. They didn't say well, to be determined, to be concluded, to be continued. They stated certainties. And we saw that from Walensky. And we saw it from Fauci. And we saw it from Biden. If you get these vaccines, you ain't going to get COVID, Jack. But because it was, I'll get back to the article now. But because it became before Omicron, she said it's not entirely clear how that protection works in the context of Omicron and boosting. Walensky, Murthy, and Collins did not respond to requests for interviews. Fauci, who stepped down from his positions in late 2020, couldn't. Be, all of a sudden, they can't be reached. No one can be reached. But you'll see Fauci on on Sunday show on CNN. Murthy and Collins also portrayed natural immunity as inferior. From the studies about natural immunity, we're seeing more and more data that tells us that while you get some protection from natural infection, it's not nearly as strong as what you get from the vaccine. Murthy said on CNN about two months before the meeting. Collins, in a series of blog posts, highlighted the studies showing higher antibody levels after vaccination and urge people to get vaccinated. He also voiced support for vaccine mandates. Some other countries offer the natural immunity benefits. Just days after U.S. officials heard from the experts, Israel announced that people who presented serological proof of prior infection could get a green pass, which was required in the country to enter certain venues for six months. Some European Union countries said the naturally immune only needed a single dose instead of two to receive a digital certificate enabling free movement within the block. The United Kingdom's travel pass was available to people who tested positive for COVID-19 if the test was done within the previous 180 days. But U.S. policy on vaccines, which has been the basis for vaccination mandates across sectors such as education and healthcare, was not altered at all in the wake of the meeting. I think it's because the opinions were sort of generally diverse, that it wasn't a clear unified message that came out of that, Ofit told the Epic Times, adding via email that there was generally a divide among participants about how to think about this with no firm conclusions. I'll get back to this in a second. Okay, so going by what they're saying, basically going by what they're saying, which is, yes, it's better. No, it's it's worse. No, it's the same. No, there shouldn't be any fucking mandates. How do you mandate something? We have no fucking clue what it does. You have no clue if it's better, if it's worse, if it's the same, it lasts six months, six days, six weeks, two years. So you don't do mandates for things you have no fucking clue what they're about, that that it might change a week or two from now or a month or two from now. So how do you do mandates? All this proves is there should never have been any mandates. Adults should have been given all the information possible out there. Okay, it could be from Fauci. It could be from Bhattacharya. 
all the information out there and made to decide for themselves. This all proves this bullshit of it. It works. It doesn't work. Oh, let's do a combination. Let's do a hybrid. Let's do this. Let's do that. Prove there should never have been any mandates from this when they had no goddamn clue if it was going to work or not and how long it was going to work. Bhattacharya said that the discussion happened too late, asserting it was already clear in 2020 that natural immunity protected against both severe disease and reinfection. The fact that the head of the CDC and the Surgeon General both seem to have ignored these basic scientific facts is a scandal, he said. And it resulted in countless Americans losing their jobs for nothing. In 2022, the CDC did say that people who recovered from COVID-19 could wait up to three months after infection to get vaccinated, saying that reinfection is less likely in the weeks to months after the infection, and that waiting might result in an improved immune response to vaccination. Over time, some other U.S. policies came to acknowledge natural immunity. Walensky, in April of 2022, for instance, when ordering the end of a public health policy called Title 42, says she was doing so because deaths and hospitalizations in the Omicron era were lower, due in part to widespread population immunity. Brain surgeon. A connecting footnote stated, in addition to vaccine-induced immunity, studies have consistently shown that infection with SARS-CoV-2 lowers individuals' risk of subsequent infection and even lower risk of hospitalization and death. SARS-CoV-2 causes COVID-19. In August of 2022, the CDC eased its COVID-19 guidelines, stating in part that persons who have had COVID-19 but are not vaccinated have some degree of protection against severe illness from their previous infection. And on January 26th of this year, the FDA convened Offit and other advisors on the vaccine advisory committee to consider various vaccine-related issues, among them where the naturally immune should be advised to only get one shot, even if they've never been vaccinated before. This is a this is a cluster of fuck. And once again, what this really proves more than anything else is that they had no fucking clue what was going on. They were pulling stuff out of their ass. And when you're doing that, the last thing you should do is mandate something. There was no there was no clear scientific consensus that these vaccines worked of how long they worked or how many you needed or what natural immunity did. They had no clue. They were going back and forth every other month. The mandate. See, that's the problem. And that's what Bhattacharya said. The mandates were illegal. The mandates were destructive. The mandates are a scandal. People lost their job. And as we're learning now, people may be losing their lives because of it as well. Kind of even worse, I'd say. Even worse. Oh, my Lord. Thumbs up for reading all that for me, I think. But it's a great article. Where is this in case people want to see it? It's uh, in uh, ntd.com. ntd.com by Zachary Stiber. Inside the secret government meeting on COVID-19 natural immunity. And as, as Bhattacharya has pointed out, another big problem is that it was a secret meeting with just eight people and that no one, no, not one person from the great Barrington declaration were invited, including him to, to sit on this process. And they, what are they saying? What is Fauci always says? We're being so, so transparent. Everyone's so transparent. He's full of shit. And it's amazing how no one can be, they can't find anybody now. They can't find all these big mouths who love going on CNN, Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon. They can't find these fucking big mouths for comment. All of a sudden, they're not available for comment. All of a sudden, they're in an undisclosed location. Well, Bhattacharya doesn't want to go to the word crime. I do, right? 
to a man, if we ever see him, Daniel, if, if you know, if we ever get to Bhattacharya at one of these meetings, you know, that he goes to, I'm sure to a person off the record, he'll say it's criminal. And there should be criminal charges and there should be, you know, juries convened for this kind of thing. But he uh, publicly doesn't want to go to crime. I can understand that. But he says scandal. Often scandals are crimes, right? Scandals lead to crime, don't they? Don't scandals, once they're investigated, often lead to criminal charges? Absolutely. So he's getting there. But no one's even talking as strongly as that, except for him and a couple of others. You know, maybe I'll get him on the show and I'll, 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 I'll guilt him into saying crime. I doubt it. But it is a, it's a huge scandal. It's a huge scandal. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's zero, zero doubt that it's a huge scandal. You know. Um, oh, this other thing that I thank you. I just got reminded by a tweet. Have you heard about this balloon? This supposed balloon that China. <laughs> and I'm changing gears here, and I'll go back to COVID in a second. I, but um, this balloon that China. There's, there's been a balloon. It's a spy balloon, I believe. That's over the oh, that, that was found somewhere floating. Over, let me let me put this out. Spy balloon. It's the weirdest thing. It really is. They already have a spy balloon. Isn't it called TikTok? Isn't TikTok their spy balloon? Oh, here it is. Okay. Chinese spy balloon was found. Uh, McCarthy asked for Gang of Eight briefing after object flying around over U.S. Uh, McCarthy is asking for a Gang of Eight briefing after government officials said that a suspected Chinese spy balloon is hovering over the continental U.S. China's brazen disregard for U.S. sovereignty is a stabilizing action that must be addressed, and President Biden can't be silent. I'm requesting a Gang of Eight briefing. The Gang of Eight comprises Republican and Democrat congressional leaders, eight in total from both the House and the Senate, who were briefed on classified matters. McCarthy's tweet came just before the, after the Pentagon Brigadier General Pat Ryder said during a briefing on Thursday, the government detected a high-altitude surveillance balloon over the continental U.S. Are they sure it's not Amazon? The U.S. government detected a high-tracking, a high-altitude surveillance balloon that is over the continental U.S. Anyone see this balloon? Anyone out there see this balloon? The U.S. government, to include NORAD, continues to track and monitor it, so it's still floating? The balloon is currently traveling at an altitude well above commercial air traffic. Oh, it's way up there and does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously, really, over the past several years. Once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the co- collection of sensitive information. A senior defense official said the government is confident the surveillance balloon belongs to the People's Republic of China. <laughs> the defense official said during the briefing that the balloon was over, how did they get it here? It was over Montana, adding that officials, did they float it all the way from China to Montana? Adding that officials were considered bringing the plane down with military assets beside against doing so because of the risk associated. You did see reports yesterday of a ground stop at Billings Airport and the mobilization of a number of assets, including F-22. The context for that was we put some things on station in the event that a decision was made to bring this down while it was over Montana. A well-placed senior official of Fox News is still considering a variety of options, but had a deal with the balloon <laughs> saying that their options presented to Biden and the national security team included concerns that the military did shoot the balloon down. There will be civilian <laughs> casualties on the ground. The White House hasn't ruled out shooting the balloon down if it were deemed safe to do so. According to the source, there's more than just a balloon and heavy equipment would come crashing to the ground if it were to be shot down. 
So this is not just a, I don't want people to think this is just like a kid, a balloon or a kite. There's elements in there that could actually kill people. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin held a meeting. It's not like it's going to pop and that's it and disintegrate. So they don't know. They, they, they're thinking, they think it's China, but they're not sure they want to take it down because it can hurt people. How to get here, we don't know. So there's been this talk on, on Twitter of the fact that if Trump were president, it would be shot down immediately. And, and Jimmy Fallon, not Fallon, Fallon of Fox News, who does a radio show on Fox Nation, um, said um, <laughs> if Trump were president, they wouldn't dare fly the balloon here. And I think he's right. If Trump were president, they wouldn't have the balls to fly that big balloon here, let alone worry about getting it shot down. So this is ridiculous. Yeah, look at this. There's actually a photo of this from from the first. A balloon flies in the sky of blue Montana. Maybe it's a – how do you know it's not a UFO? How do they know it's not aliens? But it looks like a big – it looks like a moon. It looks like the moon. It looks like a big moon with, like, surveillance stuff underneath it. That That's what it looks like. Like satellite stuff attached to the moon. That's what it looks like. Maybe, maybe it is. Hey, here, I put on my tinfoil hat. Hold on. Maybe it is a UFO and they want us, they don't want us to believe in UFOs. So they're calling it a Chinese spy balloon. Maybe that's the deal. And what is that? Okay. So the, the Chinese fly a spy balloon over Montana. What, can it see through things? Is it, does it have like infrared? How, how is that collecting information? In, in Montana? In Montana. We see five cows, five cow, five cow. Who cares? Isn't there like eight people in the whole state of Montana? It might be 10, but I know there aren't that many people there. I don't know. It's very bizarre, very surreal. I haven't seen it flying over San Francisco. So they're, they're smart enough to not fly over this shithole. What are they going to see? They're going to see. Uh, I see. I see people shit on street. Shit on street. That's it. There's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing here to be seen. Really. There's no. There's no activity here. There's no. No intelligent life down here. That's for sure. So, I think they'll probably avoid the San the Bay Area. Okay, that was that. Um. Yeah. So getting back to uh, growing here's McCullough put out a growing number of physicians now refusing. Now McCullough put up an article about a growing number of physicians, physicians that said, we're not getting the booster anymore. Okay. Well, for these are doctors who <laughs> say, that's it. We've had enough. So if a doctors aren't going to get it, I don't think you should get it either. Yeah. Growing number of doctors have said, that's it. No more, no more shots for them have voiced out their refusal to get injected with the Wuhan coronavirus booster shots. <laughs> This is this is written by something called Natural News, so they're they're editorializing a little bit, and they call it the Wuhan coronavirus. Todd Lee of McGill University. What, what did uh, what did Trump call it? I think this was one of the funniest things Trump said is when he. I have to admit when he called it the Kung flu, when he called it the Kung flu, I really hope he came up with that himself. You know, I, I don't want Trump to be president again, but that's pretty fucking funny. The Kung flu. Um, Dr. Todd Lee of McGill University in Canada is one such doctor who rejected the boosters. Lee contracted the beef Omicron strain despite being triple vaccinated. I have taken my last COVID-19 vaccine. Um, 
With RCT level evidence, it will reduce my disease. Yeah, right. Okay. Pay a close attention to note. This isn't anti-vaccine. He said, "This is this is provide evidence of benefit to justify ongoing use, which is what all of us were doing." Okay, this is the bullshit. They don't want to be seen as called anti-vaxxers, but that's what most of us were doing. That's what most of us did. We were just doing this two years ago. People are doing it now. We did it two years ago. So two years ago, when we did this you know, evidence of benefit to justify ongoing use or use at all, we were called anti-vaxxers and Trumpers and people with tinfoil hats. But now actual doctors are doing it, and that's okay. Dr. Vinay Prasad, the University of California, also remarked that he will not take any additional boosters. I don't know why Vinay got any fucking shots. Vinay, why did you get any shots, buddy? Unless clinical trial data becomes available. Why didn't you need clinical trial data from the beginning? There was no clinical trial data from the beginning. I took at least one dose against my will, he said. All right. It was unethical and scientifically bankrupt. Why'd you do it, though, Vinny? Come on the show. Why did you do it? Epidemiologist Dr. Tracy Best Hogue, also from UCSF, these are all local people, joined Lee and Prasad in opposing the boosters. She recounted how she experienced an adverse reaction to her first dose. Why did you get it, Tracy, of Moderna? And that she took the second dose. Uh, why? Against her will. If I could do it again, I would not have any COVID-19 vaccines, Hogue tweeted. But you can't do it again, Blanche. You can't. You can't take it out. I was glad my parents in their 70s could get COVID vaccinated, but I've yet to see uh, non-confounded dads who advise them about the bivalent booster. I would like to see an RCT for the bivalent for people of their age and for adults with health conditions that put them at risk. Other experts are calling for a stop to the shots totally. Other experts, meanwhile, used a halt in the use of messenger RNA vaccines, particularly those from Pfizer and Moderna. At this point in time, all COVID NRA vaccine programs should stop immediately, Massachusetts Institute of Technology Professor Ratzef Levy said in a video statement. They should stop because they completely failed to fulfill any of their advertised promises regarding efficacy. More importantly, they should stop because of the mounting and indisputable evidence that they cause unprecedented levels of harm, including the death of young people and children. Levy pertained to myocarditis or inflammation of the heart muscle following vaccination, which authorities have acknowledged as linked to the shots. He cited two studies to back up his call. The first study Levy cited found that nearly three in 10 children, 30% of children injected with Pfizer's mRNA COVID-19 vaccine suffer from cardiac issues. Meanwhile, the second study detected the presence of SARS-CoV-2 spike protein antigens in the blood of vaccinated youth. Louisiana-based physician and researcher Dr. Joseph Freeman commented that people should not be given the vaccine outside of a clinical trial. I see the likelihood that the harm could outweigh the benefit in the group who stood to benefit the most in the vaccine, he said. I don't say anyone couldn't be certain that the benefit are outweighing the harms on a population level or even the high-risk groups. I don't see the evidence to support that claim. Given alternative causes are unlikely to cause myocarditis within one week of vaccination, this is essentially conclusive evidence that we're seeing sudden cardiac deaths from the vaccine. Freeman and his colleagues reanalyzed the original Pfizer and Moderna vaccine trials that led to their approval. They concluded in a peer-reviewed, in a peer-reviewed study that vaccinated individuals were at higher risk of serious adverse events. So once again, I know, I know we're not celebrating here. I know we're not celebrating. There's no celebration. Celebrate good times, come on. Uh, but maybe in the future. And these, 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 
we're seeing more and more, like I said, this vindication and evidence, more importantly than vindication, evidence that can be used to get to the point we want to get to where there are actual criminal charges, right? Where there is actual accountability, where there is actual justice. All of this stuff helps. This is all stuff that will help in the coming weeks, days, weeks, and, and months. And so there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I think I might save the – oh, but Bill. Hey, Bill. What's going on tonight? How are you? Bill, you there? Hello, Bill. Calling Bill. Calling Bill. Okay, Bill, I'll leave you there. If you Let me see if I can get you on here. Let's see. Yep, you're invited. You're on. If you want to go, if you want to come on, you're on. It's up to you. Up, oh, you're out. Okay, let's try that again. Bill, are you there? Here we go. I wouldn't get an invite for some reason, <laughs> but I got it the second time. Hey, yeah. Man. Well, I think obviously, uh, thank God this is coming out. Uh, there was a lot coming out earlier. Now it's coming like a. A wave, it and so is, right. I mean, this is one hmm. day. There's like seven stories in one day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the good news being, uh, hopefully, this will put a big backstop on the World Health Organization. You know, um, their push and the World Economic Forum. You know, World Economic Forum disinformation information uh, panel. They're trying to get together. And then the international health regulation amendments that the World Health Organization, these people want to, they have screwed up so bad. And that they're trying to st still have a reign on things. You know what I mean? Have, have control of things. Um, it's just shocking. So, uh, hopefully this, uh, puts an end to a nail on that coffin where they can't possibly do this to us again. You know, get all 193 or nations walking in lockstep with them, you know. No, where, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously, but what's really telling is that when the reporters, these journalists who write these things up, yeah. get these people to, con to contact them for quotes, they, they all of a sudden they're lost. All of a sudden they yeah. can't be found. All of a sudden the cat's got their tongue. What happened mm -hmm. after three years of nonstop talking? Mm. Yeah. You know, well, they, they, they know. So, so here's the thing. They know they've been caught, right? Yeah. But if you really feel you did nothing wrong, why, why would you hide? So they, know there's, they know there's more to come, right? They have to know there's more to come because oh, now yeah. they're even afraid to comment. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I put some things in live chat I could run through real quick while you were, you know, to add to some of what you were Go saying. Ahead. Go ahead. Please do. Um, well, first of all, we have the September 2009 where the U.S. Justice Department, um, there was a fine laid on Pfizer of like $2.3 billion for medical fraud, you know, 2009. That should have given us a clear indication we didn't want them monitoring their own trials. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you got a company that's got a history of that kind of fraud. That's, that's big. That's and, big. uh, Absolutely. Sure. you know, yeah. but you know how things go. They had the corporate capture was in full swing. Then, um, there's some other, well, let me jump through here. There was a Dr. Shankar Chetty and uh, also there were the American frontline doctors. They all concluded that, 
the people who were having cytokine storms were having an allergic reaction come day seven or eight or so, and that by treating with um, antihistamines and corticosteroids, they can get their blood oxygen saturation levels right back up to normal within a day or so. And, you know, that was working for these people, for Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. Paul Merrick, and uh, uh, Pierre Corey, and Simone Gold, and many others. Uh, and uh, But uh, they couldn't get that in to be a hospital protocol because Pfizer had a rain on, you know, doing it a different way because those were drugs that were repurposed drugs, you know, in other words, or, or well, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, we know, and then, of course, then the antihistamines, corticosteroids, which, you know, these doctors are using. Well, that wasn't going to be a big money maker for Pfizer. You know what I mean? Apparently. So that's what dictated things, it sure seems. And, uh, right, 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 right. Um, then the remdesivir repurposed from the Ebola trials where it had one-third renal failure rate. I mean, my God, you have a virus that turns out to be no more deadly than the flu. Right at the end of the day, you know what I mean. Sure, right, yeah. And, and yet the damn remdesivir has a one-third renal failure rate. I mean, that they, it was so bad they pulled it from the Ebola trials, which is, which was a deadly virus. Yes. A, so what that amounts to, what two and do together, it's medical malpractice that was killing people. Do you know what I mean, Mike? You know, I don't know any other way to see it. Well, um, all, all this is medical malpractice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. All of this is medical malpractice. It Absolutely. Really and I think I think we get more and more towards intent, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really do. When you start seeing things like actual doctors like Hotech saying, oh, let, let me let me cite this one study that was done for a month in one state. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they know it's bullshit. They knew what they were pushing was bullshit, you know, and to actually go the extra mile or 10 or 50 and mandate these things. Mm-hmm. Was what that that was where like like Jay Balachari said the real crime and scandal happened. He said scandal, we say crime. You know yeah. that that that's where it really happened. When you told people that they had to take this, look, you have these doctors. I, I know I'm questioning them as I'm speaking. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this? But a lot, some, a lot of these people were forced to if they wanted to keep their jobs, right? That's exactly what happened. They were put in a position. A lot of these doctors had. You know, uh, loans to pay off, mortgages, family. Um, this is this everybody in a position uh, where they're extorted, and you know, the holding the the idea of whether or not they can earn an income, and, and even the firemen, the policemen, uh, first responders, the nurses, uh, bus drivers, you name it, in that position. Um, terrible, just. Um, with something that uh, certainly they couldn't possibly have had tested long enough, a new gene therapy. It's not a traditional vaccine in any way, shape, or form. And uh, now look, I mean, I my heart goes out to people who were put in that position and had the vaccines and are now, you know, believed in it, have had multiple boosters, many we saw Ron Johnson's hearings, um, uh, DeSantis with vaccine adverse events. Many died. I had, I told you, Chris, Chris, good friend of mine, Chris, I knew for 30 years after his second shot, massive coronary. Doc said he was dead before he hit the ground because he never put his hands out. He had no comorbidities. 
after his second vaccine. And then my stepsister's daughter died in her sleep, 38 years old, no comorbidities. After within a couple of weeks of her second shot. Right. And uh, when I used to be on what like we can call fake book or fable book in a vaccine group, you know, they, they, they banned that group because of the dialogue that was going back and forth. Yep. You know what I mean? Where people were communicating and trying to help one another and, and bring, trying to bring some understanding. I mean, that, that we're the one form we had where people can communicate and, I had one lady who I was talking to, she go, my daughter, she insisted on getting the vaccine to go back to college. The colleges were mandating this. She's a volleyball player. And she's 20 years old, and she says she got severe, severe shingles from the first shot. Right. And she, and she, the mom was like, I told her I didn't want her to do that. And they were telling her, the daughter, she had to get the second shot still. In other words, people who had adverse events, they were like, oh, no, no, no. You still need to get your follow-up shot in order to qualify to go back to school, whatever. I know. I know. Can you imagine? It's insane. It's, it's really insane. The whole thing is insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, there's another lady here, Christina Parks, who testified in front of the Michigan Congress. And this was a powerful testimony here, Mike, where she covers why the antibodies created by the vaccine do not get in the mucous membranes of the nose, mouth, and eyes where you would need it to stop a respiratory illness. It had no effect there, no antibody effect there. But in the blood, you know, and that, of course, we've learned the spike protein that turns out has a lot of problems for a lot of people. But she, she has a great testimony of way back in, uh, what was it again, August 2021? in the Michigan Congress. Right. And all I can tell you is probably one of the best testimonials I've heard. I mean, I've heard a lot of good ones, you know, with them, Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson had like a five hour, uh, uh, you know, uh, round table once. Oh, he's had several, you know what I mean? There are a lot of great testimonies. Christina Park is a powerful one. And, uh, I, I just put it in there cause, um, it really lays out very quickly within, I think it's like six minutes. She really bangs it home. So if anyone has any family that's still wondering or, you know what I mean? It's a really good one to listen to. I think, you know what I mean? If someone's starting to come around maybe and they need a little more nudge, you know what I mean? Although hopefully now, well, the other thing is Newsweek ran a Newsweek, uh, they just ran a piece. Uh, hang on, that's in the live chat. Where this just came out yesterday, I think. Where, um, hang on a second, I'm going to scroll down, and try and find that one that I've been in. Yeah, Newsweek. Okay, here we go. So, Kevin Bass. Kevin Bass. Okay, and uh, it's time the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID. And it's cost lives. Here's a mea culpa. Newsweek now. Mea culpa. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you know about that one? This one I, just I, came up. I was reading about it. I think. That, oh, that, you were. Yeah. 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 You, you had sent that to me. So. Uh, oh. 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 Good. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. So they. So. Um. You know. That's big for. And then, so now you have Kim Iverson, you have Jimmy Dore, they're covering this and they're not being concerned that they're going to get, their channel's going to get dinged 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah, will be, yeah, 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 absolutely. So that's a good thing. So this one, um, well, they're just, uh, calling on uh, everybody to see now that the scientific community from the CDC to the WHO to the FDA and the representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views, policies, including uh, natural versus artificial immunity, as you had said, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and COVID vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these scientific mistakes at the, at the time, not in hindsight. Uh, I, I mean, this, this, that, that nails it, boy. I'll tell you what, um, it's, it's like we lived through an, um, Three years of a massive, uh, uh, Rod Sterling episode. You know what I mean? A bad yeah, one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's obvious. We have all the information we need now. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if I were like, um, if I were like a DA, I'd say, okay, we got yeah. all the evidence. We, we have all the evidence we need to go after these people. It's just they mm-hmm. have to do it. It has to be done. The right people have to go after them, you know, and, and that's, and that's, as Daniel had spoken about, that's, that's what it's going to take for us to have a, a total vindication, celebration, and also what I've said before, more importantly, just to make sure this never happens again in the future, there needs to be punishment, right? People in the future, whether it's the same people or different people, and it could very well be different people, need to look back and say, well, look, look at what happened. Look at the crime and the punishment, right? Look at what happened. Look at how people were held accountable. We don't want to be in that position. There has to be. There has to be some kind of accountability and punishment so it doesn't happen again. That's what it comes down to. Oh, I agree. Now, now uh, along those lines, CNN just put up a story that um, that some vaccine advisors to the federal government say they're disappointed and angry that government scientists and the pharmaceutical company Moderna didn't present a set of infection data on the company's new COVID-19 booster during meetings last year when the advisors discussed whether the shot should be authorized and made available to the public. The data suggested the possibility that the updated booster might not be any more effective at preventing COVID-19 infections than the original shots. Well, I think we had at that time, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we have two FDA officials resign? And over the boosters for kids, I think we did. I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I had read that in that article. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know? the FDA, FDA. Yeah. So the, the, <laughs> there, were, there were a few people here and there with a conscience, right? Yeah, there were. But it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough, right? There wasn't enough. And they had like 30 years experience apiece. They weren't like new on the job. You know what I mean? Right. That was um, a, a big statement. Uh, but nothing was going to stop the train, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, certainly those people should be reinstated and be put in charge so we don't see that thing happen again, you know what I mean? Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Mm, there's one more piece here, that 78 members of Congress have violated a law designed to prevent insider trading and stop conflicts of interest. This came out January 3rd, 2023. So this is... 78 members on both sides of the aisle. I haven't really studied the article. I just saw it 
today. I thought I'd throw that in there. I'm sure we'd see Pfizer. Where well, that's a big so, one. That should yeah. pass easily, of course, but we don't know because there are a lot of members of Congress who like being able to make this extra money, this conflict of interest money. You know, so uh, yeah. we don't know. But that's obviously something that should pass. You know, once again, these are things that if you polled most Americans, right. know, it would be an 80, 20, 90, 10 issue. With Absolutely. But not when it comes to people, not when it comes to these greedy bastards losing any money. That's the problem, mm-hmm. you know. And this is this is the same problem we find, you know, I've complained about like the mayor of San Francisco making $350,000 a year being the highest paid mayor in the country, which of course makes no sense. But it's because the board of supervisors, a.k.a. city council, keep giving raises because they want that money. You know, right, right. Who, who else can, can you give your who else in this country? What workers can give themselves raises like this? <laughs> this is unfair. This is corruption at the highest level. But it's yeah. obvious, blatant corruption where these people can just simply give themselves raises if they want. Well, we see um, how about Congress uh, not being bound by the um, the um, health, the same health regulations, the same health insurance as the mass as a public member with Obamacare, they weren't required to get on board with that uh, on some level. I'm trying to remember the exact issue, but um, they weren't bound by it in any way like the rest of the, the public was, even with that. Right. So, yeah, it's a two ways, you know, and <laughs> we have the foxes watching the chicken group to make up their own rules for themselves that wouldn't be legal for anybody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. just a problem, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So the, the sad thing is, we've, it's been three years of of a lot of hardship uh, for businesses that, like I said, my father's bike shop building. That's a, a personal experience. I mean, boy, whack, whack, whack. Where that uh, for, got foreclosed on because it's more than two years behind. Couldn't you know had supply chain shortages, a lack of. Uh, demand uh, during the shutdown. How do you get caught up? That's impossible. It's a nail in the coffin. Do you follow me? And uh, you know, there that one. And that was the same fellow, Chris, who then had the heart attack and died. You know, he was had worked for us for a lot of years, uh, 30, 40 years. I can't remember exactly how long. I have to think about it. But so, uh, since he was a teenager. And um yeah, I uh, I know my stories are just emblematic that a lot of people, you know what I mean, have the same. And it's uh, maybe now we'll start hearing people being able to come out and feel like they can tell their stories and uh, exactly. and exactly. needs so to be more of that. And I'll get to more tomorrow. There's a story about, like I said, this, this uh, writer who wrote that we are just, yeah, this is in the Washington Post. Uh, the GOP base is still resentful over the COVID. We're so resentful, Bill, over the COVID nineteen response. We're, we're resentful. We have nothing to be resentful for. Mm-hmm. I'll read that tomorrow. There's also more. You know, Stephen. Did you realize Stephen Colbert's audience is still masking? They still make them wear masks. Get out of here! You yeah, got to be kidding me! Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. There's still the entire studio audience is still wearing masks. Still. You know the, that that mask story you just read. I read something. I can't remember how long ago, Mike. LifeSite News had, uh, it was a combination of reports. One was, I think, I'm going to, don't quote me the exact, 40-odd 40, 40 reports of how masks do not stop the spread and 30-odd reports of how it, 
it's actually detrimental because it breed, they breed stuff and they reduce oxygen levels and increase CO2 levels. So come this big meta report, and I, I can't remember how long ago it was. I don't want to throw a number out, but, but LifeSite News had a big coverage on this. So there's so much overwhelming evidence the mask was not effective, and and yet uh, we still had Fauci pushing that damn thing. And that's it, it's tragic. The, the whole situation. This is a huge trauma that um, you know um, this whole culture. Uh, of, uh, uh, a medical tyranny and malpractice and created social injustice and family turned against family and, and friends against friends. And this is just unbelievable. I mean, I, I know we've all lived through it, but just naming it is upsetting. You know what I mean? Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Uh, madness. Uh, yeah, you know, Bill, uh, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to wrap Yeah, up. yeah. Thanks as always, Bill. I always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, brother. Right. So what we're seeing basically is validation over what we've been – what I've been talking about in the show for a year and a half now, right? What so many people have been talking about since April, March, April of 2022 – of 2020, sorry. And we're going to get more of this. And I understand we're talking not so about celebrating. There's a long way to go. We, we want actual punishment. We want actual accountability. But I'm going to continue to reading these. I'm going to continue to read these articles. I'm going to continue to read articles that prove we were all right from day one and they were wrong. And this is all stuff that hopefully can be used in these in these um, House hearings and hopefully in a court of law as well. But more tomorrow. More tomorrow. Um, I want to remind everyone that this show is called Unless Be Heard. It airs from Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific. Not continuously Monday to Friday, by the way. I'm not on, I'm not on for the entire week without stopping. But Monday night through Friday night, beginning at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern every night. Um, and uh, I, once again, this is Mike Gachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.